just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Saturday. We're in the weekend. Hopefully things just kind of cool down for the weekend so we can all relax and focus on other things other than the crazy bullshit that happened last week. That's the thing. Last week, there's always news that's scary or makes you mad. But last week, there was a lot of news that was just kind of fucking goofy. And actually some good news for people who dislike Donald Trump and the Republicans. Bad news for Donald Trump and the Republicans. But we'll get to that in just a bit. Tell you what, I got a big day planned, a good weekend day planned. Later on in the afternoon, I'm going to go watch my grandson play in a basketball tournament. They're 10 year old, so it's not high level basketball, but it's still fun to watch. He's going to play two games this afternoon, and in between, of course, I'm going to be running the hallways with my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. That little girl's got 11-inch inseams, but she can move. And uh, she keeps my cardio going. <laughs> I'm serious, man. i got to chase her down because this little girl can get into some shit. Now, her other grandfather, Papa, as he is known, um, doesn't have the ability to chase after her. He's a bit older than I am, and he's got back problems. So if she takes off and he's the only one there, he's shit out of luck. So I'm there to back up and chase her down. And when I get tired, Grandma comes in, and Grandma's not going to let her out of her sight. So that's going to be fun. Then later in the evening, I'm going to go uh, with my wife to go watch my grandnephew play hockey which is always fun. Those uh, two grandnephews and grandniece of mine, my brother's kids, we're almost like second grandparents. We're at everything they do because we love kids' sports, you know. And up until the time we had grandkids, they were kind of the uh, grandkids we didn't have. After that, my brother and I and my wife and his wife will probably go out to dinner or casino or some crazy shit. So it's a pretty easy day today. Most of my days are usually either fun or just boring. I don't have real busy days anymore now that I'm retired. Doing TikToks and podcasts don't really stress me out and don't take up a lot of time. So I'm living the life of leisure. Or for you older folks, <laughs> I'm living the life of Riley. Now, that's even before my time. That was a fucking radio show from God knows when. But you know what I'm saying. I'm retired now. I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And if you're not yet retired, let me tell you something. You can save all the money in the world. You can hope and dream about all these material things you want to have. But if you can live your life stress-free and just take it easy and do the things you want, that should be your goal. I tell you from personal experience, it is incredible. It is nice. And, and to be honest with you, because I'm in that position, that gives me the opportunity to do the TikToks and the podcast. Um, and I'm appreciative of that. I, I can't tell you how much I like the opportunity to do this. I think I was talking to Dewey on his podcast. And if you haven't listened to his podcast, you should check it out. But when you go through your life, you always think to yourself, you know, I just like to do what I want to do and not worry about paying bills and not worrying about keeping the lights on and feeding your kids. If I could just do that, I would enjoy life. And that's where I find myself right now. Now, podcasting and TikTok doesn't make enough money to support me, but fortunately, with retirement and other investments and stuff like that, I've got enough money to pay the bills. I'm not rich. I'm not buying a bunch of stuff, but I have enough money to be comfortable. So that gives me or affords me the ability to do what I want, hence doing 
podcasting or doing TikToks. I get to do what I want, and I feel very fortunate for that. All right. I got to tell you, yesterday was not a good day for Mr. Donald Trump, especially in court. He's going through some things, as he has been heard to say, but now it's turning on him. He's losing his grip on control of the Republican Party. People are walking away from him. And the things that he usually was able to skip through or slide away from are now starting to tick, stick to him. And I'm loving every minute watching this. So anyway, yesterday a federal district court judge, his name is Donald Middlebrooks, dropped the hammer on former President Donald Trump's attorneys by hitting them with sanctions, totaling almost $1 million for what he described as a misuse of the courts. This was a standard go-to for Donald Trump, Mr. Donald Trump the bully, back when he was in business. Say he has a uh, company that was doing work for his company, and he says, you know what, I'm not going to pay you. And, of course, they say, well, we'll sue you. And he goes, you go ahead and sue me. Then Donald Trump does what we've known him to do is to delay, divert, and distract and try to run out the clock. And that's what he'd do to these little vendors that were working for him. Unfortunately, they didn't have the money to compete with Donald Trump. And, as I say, he ran out the clock, stealing these poor people's money. He had enough connections and enough money to cause delays, and that's how he won by default, ripping off these poor people that were dumb enough to go into business with him. So now he becomes president, and he thinks he can play that same game still. But he's got a problem he didn't count on. The people he's suing have just as much money or more money than he has. They're just as smart and just as business savvy. So as a bully, he's running into something. The least, the thing he wants to run into the least, and that is pushback. Now, in a court order flagged by Politico's Kyle Cheney, Middlebrooks raked Trump's lawyers over the coals for their failed lawsuit against Hillary Clinton, who has a few bucks for purportedly defaming him by accusing him of being Russian President Vladimir Putin's puppet during the 2016 campaign. You know, there's another law out there, and I don't know it by verbatim, but I thought if you are a public person, the onus when you sue some, something, somebody to, for them saying something bad about you, you really got to show how it harmed you. Now, the interesting thing is um, she said that he was Vladimir Putin's puppet, and of course she was accurate during the 2016 campaign. Now, the only way he could have been hurt by that is has he, had he lost the election like he did in 2020. However, in 2016, he won. So what damages did he suffer? But that was just the least of it. It was a lot like all of Donald Trump's lawsuits. They're usually bullshit. And for whatever reason, he's able to talk his lawyers into making claims and writing lawsuits that are absolutely ridiculous. No lawyer in their right mind would present these lawsuits. And actually, the judge here pointed that out, that no lawyer worth his salt would even present this case. Middlebrook said, this case should never have been brought. Its inadequacy as a legal claim was evident from the start. No reasonable lawyer would have filed it. Intended for a political purpose, none of the counts of the amended complaint stated a cognizable legal claim. So basically what, what he's saying is uh, it's a fucking absolute joke. It's stupid. It should have never been brought. Now, Donald Trump and his lawyers knew that. Knew that because um, 
they didn't intend to win it. They just wanted to buy time or cast a, a shadow on on Hillary Clinton. And it may have worked because, of course, she lost, but the whole thing was ultimately bullshit. And this goes back to what I've said about him being a bully. He just takes whatever power and money he has, and he buries these people, and he wins by default. But again, he's going up against Hillary Clinton. And Hillary's not the kind of gal that's going to back down. And she's got enough money to fight it, and fight it uh, she was ready to do. But the judge stopped it before then because it was absolute bullshit. Middlebrook went on to detail the damages caused by the Trump legal team's actions. He said 31 individuals and entities were needlessly harmed in order to dishonestly advance a political narrative. Yeah, he gets it. A continuing pattern of misuse of the courts by Mr. Trump and his lawyers undermines the rule of law, portrays judges as partisan, and diverts resources from those who have suffered, suffered actual legal harm. As evidence of the frivolity of the lawsuit, Middlebrook cited an interview Trump attorney Alina Haba gave to Fox News' Sean Hannity, where she revealed even Trump thought the case against Clinton wouldn't work and that she persuaded him to back it anyway. She went on fucking TV and said, this is a bullshit lawsuit. And she encouraged him to go for it anyway. They did this on fucking TV. And, of course, that information was relayed to the judge. It's basically saying, we're going to make a mockery of your court, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, turns out there was something they could do about it, because now he's sanctioning the fuck out of these idiots. Habba told Hannity last September, the former president looked at me and he told me, you know what, Alina, you're not going to win. You can't win. Just get rid of it. Don't do the case. And I said, no, we have to fight. I bet she's not saying that now. No, it was all his idea. <laughs> but this was in September before she got the come to Jesus sanction, the fucking fuck around and find out moment. In all, Middlebrooks levied sanctions against the Trump lawyers, totaling $938,000. You know, it's funny about this. What's funny about this is Donald Trump is notorious for not paying lawyers. I hope they got their money up front in this case. But whatever they got uh, up front is going to be about a million dollars lighter than they expected. Not to mention the damage to their reputation. You know, a lot of times lawyers take these high-profile cases because it's like free publicity. Oh, they're getting free publicity here, but it's not the good kind of publicity. It's going to cost them a million dollars and a lot of embarrassment. <laughs> Way to go, Alina Haba. Smart move. And since she owned up to it already, I was a little surprised by that. Because I got the impression that Donald Trump forced lawyers to do things that were against their better judgment. But Ms. Haba here has acknowledged that that's not the case. It was her stupid idea. So what's this going to do to future cases? I mean, this is a federal judge who said this. It's not just some piddly little circuit court judge or something like that. This is a federal judge who said that. And that may come into play in some other court cases. I've told you before. Just let Donald Trump talk. Let Donald Trump do what he does. And in this case, let the lawyers talk and let them do what they do because they will always fuck themselves over. And in this one, they did. Now, if she did, in fact, talk Donald Trump into continuing the lawsuit when he said stop, oh, she's going to have a bad day with Donald Trump on Monday. He is going to remember that, and he's going to be all over her shit. I'd say he'd fire her, but he's going to have trouble getting any other lawyer to represent him, so he'll probably hold on to her. Now, the interesting thing 
Right after that case, later on in the day, we heard another news story about another lawsuit that Donald Trump filed. And it's interesting that sanctioned lawsuit apparently got Donald Trump's lawyers and Donald Trump himself a little nervous. You see, former President Donald Trump had a lawsuit against New York Attorney General Letitia James. We know, of course, Letitia James has a pretty sizable lawsuit against Donald Trump for business fraud, tax fraud, banking fraud, insurance fraud. And she's asking for $250 million. And that's just the starting point. This will do some immense damage to any kind of business that Donald Trump will have in New York. And in fact, if this uh, lawsuit is a winner for Letitia James, they will be banned. His whole family will be banned from doing business in New York for quite some time. So Donald Trump was upset about this, and he decided to file his own lawsuit against Letitia James for the sum of $250 million. Does that sound familiar? He was going to try to offset his potential fines from Attorney General James by suing himself. And again, this was about a bullying tactic. Again, you're, you're going up against an insurmountable foe. Donald Trump's used to doing these tactics with weaker people. And this idiot thinks it's going to work with the Attorney General Letitia James. Well, any idiot can figure out it's not going to cost her at all in terms of lawyers or court fees. Her office will handle it and can handle it as long as it takes. But you know what? Donald Trump's lawyers and Donald Trump himself, I have a feeling that he was involved in this. They said, you know what? That lawsuit against Letitia James, let's withdraw it. (laughs) He got his ass burned with the Hillary Clinton lawsuit. Within hours after that, he withdraws the lawsuit he has against Letitia James. Well, you're not going to burn Donald Trump's hands on the stove twice, at least in this circumstance. The withdrawal comes after the U.S. District Judge Donald Middlebrooks warned Trump's legal team that the lawsuit was borderline frivolous. Well, he didn't say really borderline. It was flat out frivolous. Um, It went on. The letter said... Plaintiff President Donald J. Trump, by and through his undersigned counsel and pursuant to Fed R. Civ P41A1AI, hereby voluntarily dismiss his claims in this action against defendant Letitia James without prejudice. The letter said, that uh, they were giving up. They were pulling out of there. The lawsuit sought to shield Trump's revocable trust from James, who was suing the Trump Organization for fraudulent conduct. Now, one of the key contentions made by Donald Trump's lawsuit filed against his niece. Here's another court case (laughs) that Donald Trump fucked up. It was against his niece, Mary Trump. And one of the key contentions made by Donald Trump's lawsuit filed against his niece, uh, Mary Trump, over privacy agreement involving his financial records earned a stiff rebuke from the New York State Supreme Court Justice Robert R. Reed on Thursday. This all happened on Thursday. All three of these situations. Now, the former president has been battling with his niece for years over Trump family money and in a case now being heard, has accused her of violating a 20-year-old agreement about the privacy of the documents shared. So basically, he screwed his niece out of her father's money. Fred Trump Jr., who died of alcoholism sometime back, he was Donald Trump's older brother who didn't want anything to do with the Trump family business because he was probably a decent guy. Nobody with any decency would want to be part of the Trump organization. And since they're now starting to go to jail, I guess that substantiates what I'm saying. So anyway, 
Mary's been suing Donald Trump to get some of this money back. She better get it quick because I think Donnie's running out of money. Now, in this case, the dispute claims Mary Trump violated a confidentiality clause that prohibits all family members from making the documents public with the former president's lawyers accusing her of conspiring with New York Times reporter Susan Craig, David Barstow, and Russell Butner, who used information from the documents for their Pulitzer Prize-winning report in 2019 that delved into some of his financial dealings. Now, you remember when those came out in the New York Times, it basically showed Donald Trump over a period of like six years lost over a billion dollars. Yes, this super talented, smart businessman lost into the billions of dollars because he's such a great, well, because he's such a great uh, uh, businessman. Now, According to Trump's lawyer, now you'll recognize this name from the first story. Her name is Alina or Alina Haba, arguing before the Supreme Court Justice, State Supreme Court Justice. The line is when they were in the trenches with Ms. Trump, when she was going to her attorney's office, when they were giving her burner phones to converse with her and walk her through the steps and have meetings with her. The New York Times was so aggressive with something that, frankly, Congress couldn't get their hands on themselves. Okay, so she's all loud and proud that Congress can't get Donald Trump's taxes. Well, now, of course, they have. But she was basically saying, Donald Trump successfully hid this this from Congress. How dare Mary put these things out? Now, Habba's co-counsel representing the former president, Michael Medeo, then insisted that the Times reporters were ordering Mary Trump to provide them with more information, which led the judge to pull him and his law partner up short. Yeah, the judge wasn't having this. They thought they had a viable case, a viable argument, but turns out they really fucking didn't. According to Courthouse News, Reed told the two, you use the word ordered again before adding, what authority did they exercise over her such that she, a grown woman, licensed clinical psychologist, could be compelled by Sue Craig to take any action? The report adds that Mary Trump's attorney, Ann Champion, told the court it was within Mary Trump's rights to terminate the agreement, as it does or it doesn't specify an end date. She called the agreement nonsensical and cited the decision by the state judge in 2020 that allowed the book to be published against opposition from Robert Trump, the former president's younger brother, related to the same family contract. So basically, what they tried to do is keep Mary's mouth shut, suggesting that she had an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Well, I'll be honest with you. In the business I was in, radio, there was a lot of people that were made to um, sign non-disclosure agreements. I was never put in a position where they asked me to do it. But I would have never signed it because it's a bullshit thing. And, of course, now this judge has basically told um, Donald Trump and his lawyers, Alina Haba and the like, that uh, they got nothing. They got nothing, and Mary Trump can continue down the road. And now Donald Trump's taxes are exposed for all to see. So that's not a thing anymore. All three of these situations, these cases, occurred yesterday on Thursday. Like I told you, Donald Trump's days are going to get worse and worse every day. More things are going to fall on his head. You know, it's going to come down to these investigations, of course. It's going to come down to potential, not potential, he's, he's going to get indicted for one or many things. He's going to be buried in legal gunk, which is ironic when you think about it. Donald Trump's one strategy to cheat people out of money was to bury them 
in legal process and lawsuits and paperwork and all that shit. That's the strategy he used to steal from people. And for decades and decades, he got away with it, which for the life of me, I don't understand. It's great that we're looking at Donald Trump, putting him under the microscope, seeing all the crimes that he's committed. But why now? Well, I know why now, because he's a former president and he's a, he's a, a traitor to this country. So now he's exposed himself and he's under the microscope. But you've got to keep in mind that he's done this for decades and decades. It just seems ironic that his demise might be that he gets buried in lawsuits, criminal investigations, criminal indictments. The very tactic he used on everybody he took advantage of is going to be the thing that kills him. You know, people always say, I want to see him in jail. I want to see him this. I want him in handcuffs. And, and I do, too. I don't know if that will happen. But you have to understand what is going to happen. There are so many people out there saying nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump. Nothing has happened to Donald Trump. Well, if you honestly believe nothing's happened to Donald Trump, you are just not paying attention or you're thick as fuck because a lot has happened to Donald Trump. And it's getting to him. You can see it on his true social posts. They're all over the place. They're ranting and raving and rhetoric and just crazy talk. You have to wonder about Donald Trump cognitive ability at this point yeah you can you can make fun of joe but donnie donnie's talking out his ass and it doesn't make any sense so if donald trump doesn't go to jail here's what his future holds for the remainder of his life he's going to be involved in lawsuits and criminal investigations criminal trials for the rest of his natural days he's going to be involved in court cases he's going to be drained of all his money his image will be shot he will become a pariah the republican party will not be there to save him at this point, he is a liability, not an asset, so they're trying to get as far away from him as, he, as they can. Yeah, I know, there's some MAGA fucks in the House of Representatives that are still standing by him, but they see the writing on the wall. He's not as strong as he once was. Now, there was a recent poll that came out that says he's now beating Ron DeSantis to be the candidate in 2024. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Donald Trump will not be a candidate. I don't know why people keep talking like it's a foregone conclusion. Before this is all said and done, whether he goes to jail or not, you can be guaranteed that whatever legal, legal, uh, what am I trying to say? Whatever legal action falls on his head, the first and foremost thing that any DA or prosecutor is going to do is make sure that he's not able to run for re-election to fucking anything ever again. Trust me, that's first and foremost on everybody's mind who's looking to prosecute him. They want to stop the potential future damage to this country. But you think about it. In 2024, Donald Trump will be 78 years old. He doesn't eat real well. He eats a lot of fast food. He's not in the best shape. And when you think about all the stress hanging over his head, the possibility of going to jail, well, that's not good on somebody's heart of that age and condition. I don't know that Donald Trump will be physically or mentally capable of running for president. But moreover, the Republicans won't want anything to do with him. He could try a third party if he's legally allowed to still run for the presidency, and I don't think he will. But even if he runs as a third party, that's a wonderful gift to Democrats. 
If he was the candidate, there's nothing to fear there. He can't win that election. He lost by 7 million votes in fucking 2020. You think it's going to get better for him in 2024? I think not. We're going to have more millennials and Gen Zs voting in 2024 than we had in 2022. And they ain't voting for Donald Trump, I fucking guarantee you that. So Donald Trump's future looks kind of bleak. He's going to be broke. He's going to be a pariah. All the people that he thought were his friends are going to walk away from him. Even if he tries to run for the presidency, I think that's the best thing the Democrats could hope for. Actually, that's not the best thing. If he runs as the candidate for the Republican Party, that's a good thing for the Democrats because it's a sure win for them. But if he decides to run as a third-party candidate... That is the best possible outcome for the Democrats. Because now, of course, you split the Republican vote. Neither one of them will come close to the Democratic candidate. And whoever that may be, whoever runs as the Democratic candidate for president in 2024, whether it be Biden, Kamala, Hakeem Jeffries, whoever it is, they're going to beat Donald Trump and whoever the candidate is. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't see any Republican getting even close to the presidency in 2024. They may not even get close in 2028, given all that's going on. So Donald Trump is having some bad motherfucking days. And those days are going to get worse. And I'll just sit here in my living room doing my podcast, giggling my ass off. Because whether or not he's in jail, his life is going to be destroyed. And for a guy who's a narcissist, that may be the worst thing you can do to him. All right, we are going to take a break. And we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And then there's George Santos. He is the gift that keeps on giving to the Democrats. I said in a previous podcast, it seems like every day something new, some new lie comes out about George Santos. It's pretty ridiculous when you look at it. Here's a guy that's totally a fraud. The Republicans didn't bother to look into it. The Democrats didn't look into it, and we have an absolute fraud, a fool, as a sitting member of Congress on the Republican sides of things. I mean, he's lied about everything. It's not just embellishments. He flat out lied about everything. And I think I brought up in the podcast yesterday that there was this new revelation that somehow George Santos, or whatever his name is, was at one time a drag queen. Now, there's no shame in being a drag queen unless you're the kind of guy that speaks out against the LGBTQ folks, which he does. There's no shame unless you belong to a political party that has a significant dislike of those LGBTQ people. I mean, how the Republicans talk about transgendered folks. It's got to be a little more than embarrassing to find out that your star of the show out of New York is, in fact, a drag queen. I don't know if he's transgendered. I don't think that's the case. And when I talk about this, I'm, I'm, I'm not making light of or diminishing LGBTQ or, or transgendered folks. I choose to decide what I think about people based on who they are. I've got a very simple, firm, and fast rule with me. If you're nice to me and you're good to me, I'll be nice and good to you. If you're an asshole, a jerk, a thief, corrupt criminal, 
well, then I'm going to be the biggest dick you've ever met. And frankly, when I decide to go that way, I'm pretty good at it. Your color, your ethnicity, your religion, your sexual orientation has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the content of your character, as Martin Luther King once said. But it's just ironic that this guy would make all these claims that were all lies. He's within a party that is known to be racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, that now he's in the party. He's a sitting member of the Republican Party in Congress. That seems ironic. Well, so it comes out that he apparently, while he was in Brazil, was a drag queen. Of course he denies it. That's just crazy. That's not true. So then out comes a picture of George Santos or Anthony DeVolder or whatever the fuck they want to call him. And there he is in drag in this picture. He still denied it. <laughs> he still denied it. You know, it probably Photoshop or something. <laughs> they did something to that photo. That's not George Santos. But, of course, something else comes out after that. Now there is a video of George Santos dressed as a woman, as a drag queen in Brazil, who knows when. And, you know, it's funny when I'm watching TikTok. They're trying to verify that this is George Santos. And on one TikTok, I saw a woman who claims to be a dentist. And she had a picture of George Santos as we know him now, and then took a still of him as a drag queen. And she figured out that it was the same person by virtue of his teeth. Now, I don't know if that's a thing. But if you look at the pictures of him in drag, it does kind of look like him. But even still, there might be some question to it, you know? You got a picture, you got a video, that's pretty damning evidence, but you could still lie about that and say, oh, no, that's not me, until (laughs) something new came out. Now, this is interesting. You're all familiar with Wikipedia. The only bad thing about Wikipedia is that you can write it about yourself And you can write it yourself. And then anybody can go in and edit it and change shit and do whatever. Well, it seems after scouring the internet, (laughs) they found a typo-ridden biography page for a Wikipedia user called Anthony DeVolder, all one word, an alias formerly used by Representative George Santos, Republican from New York. <laughs> now listen to this Wikipedia page. <laughs> we, we get some verification on the drag queen thing, but it doesn't stop there. It's even better. Now, in this Wikipedia page, he claimed he acted alongside Uma Thurman in a film called The Invasion. However, Thurman wasn't even in the film, nor were any of the other actors he listed as having roles. The bio says the movie was filmed in 2009, but it was actually released in 2007. Now, the brief bio was last edited in 2011 and has been removed by Wikipedia. It matched some of what Santos has claimed about himself, including his date of birth and Brazilian ancestry. The bio for Anthony DeVolder also claims he was in episodes of Hannah Montana and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Now, I know those shows pretty well because my kids were young when they were watching those shows. And let me just say this. Santos or DeVolder was not in either one of those shows. You'll be surprised to know that he made that shit up. Now, the Wikipedia page goes on to say, Born into a Brazilian family with European background on July 22, 1988. 
So that means he's 36 years old, a year older than my oldest son. It goes on to say Anthony DeVolder first started his stage life at age 17 as a, a gay nightclub drag queen. Now, this was written by him. I'm not a drag queen, but in his Wikipedia page from 12 years ago, he said he started as a nightclub performer, a drag queen, and with that won several gay beauty pageants. Oh, my. Although after the meeting, Hollywood producer Lin Ling Q, known for producing Independence Day, it's spelled wrong. Uh, it's not independence, where it would be D-E-N-C-E. It's spelled independence, E-N-T-S, day by Steven Spielberg, all in caps. And older Anthony then took his step into the beginning of his career, spelled C-A-R-R-E-R, -R -E -R, in which he started in a few started, he meant starred, in a few TV shows and Disney Channel shows such as The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and the hit Hannah Montana. He's already conjuring up lies 12 years ago. But it wasn't until he taped his very first movie, oh, he was in a movie, 2009, starring Uma Thurman, Chris O'Donnell. Now, O'Donnell is spelled O- lowercase d-a-n-a-l-d, Melissa George, M-E-L-L-L, three L's, I-S-A, George, and Alicia Silverstone, except Alicia is a word, silver is alone, and then stone, as if it's Alicia, middle name silver, and last name stone, and he said it was in the movie The Invasion. Now, the IMDb pages for the show and film do not list any Anthony DeVolder in the cast. Moreover, a look at the IMDb page for the invasion shows none of the actors whose names were misspelled and were alleged to be in the movie were actually in it. The invasion actually starred Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. Now, here's a motherfucker that doesn't do his homework. If you're going to lie about being in a movie... Maybe you should have seen the movie or gone to IMDb and picked out the correct names if you're going to lie about it. Now, Politico also wrote that the bio shows uh, Santos himself appears to have confirmed that he participated in drag shows while he was a teenager living in Brazil. Funny, he says, I'm not a drag queen. That's crazy. <laughs> the funniest part of that is he's a drag queen and he's a MAGA Republican. How embarrassing for them. The page stated DeVolder's first performed as a gay nightclub drag queen. Santos, who says he is gay, denied he is the person dressed in drag in the photo aired by CNN. The person who sent the photo to the network says it is Santos. Wikipedia blocked Anthony DeVolder on Friday, but screenshots are forever. <laughs> Wow. Now, you see, the thing with George Santos, he's a big plus for the Democrats. This is an embarrassing situation for the Republicans. Holding on to him is going to do nothing but embarrass the Republicans. But they have a problem. They have a thin margin in the House of Representatives. If they kick him out of the House and Representatives, they'll have a special election. And it's more than likely after this little kerfuffle that they will vote a Democrat in. So their margin will be even slimmer. And of course, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans and the MAGAs don't want to do that. But they have another problem with this George Santo, Santos and Anthony DeVolder, whatever name you want to call him. You see, now that the Republicans have control of the House of Representatives, they got lots of stuff to do. And they want to get it out there in the ether, in the publicity, showing how tough they are, how strong they are, how they're going to own the libtards. They want to control the narrative and control the news by all the wonderful things they're going to do. Well, it's hard to do that when your star representative in the House is George Santos, 
and he's getting all the news stories. So as much as he's an embarrassment, he's also stealing their thunder. They want to get exposure. They want to control the narrative. But it's a little hard to do that when George Santos has some other crazy shit come up every fucking day. So the Republicans are in a tough position. They don't want to let him go because it thins out their margin. They don't want him to stay because he's making a fool of the entire party. And you know... I said this yesterday, and the more I see this, the more I understand it. The Democrats could be pushing to get him out of office, get him out of Congress. But I don't think they want that. I think they're taking great joy in exposing this idiot, making fun of them, and making the Republicans look stupid. I have a feeling if they could get away with doing this for the next two years, they would fucking do it. However... I don't think they're going to be able to continue this for two years. I think George Santos is not long for the House of Representatives. He has four, count them, four investigations going on him. And lying is the least of his problems because, of course, here's a kid that was essentially broke and somehow came upon $700,000 to donate to his own campaign, a campaign which he won. Where does a kid come up with $700,000? Oh, surprise, surprise. He's got a relative who is a Russian oligarch. And we know how hard the Russians are trying to infiltrate our government and mess it up. And what better way to mess it up than to buy a house in the house, buy a seat in the House of Representatives for a dumb fuck weirdo, lying, sociopath, relative, and put him in the House of Representatives. Create some chaos. Make them look foolish. Have him fuck up whatever he's going to fuck up, because I got to tell you, George Santos is a fuck up to the nth degree. So it's going to be interesting to see what these investigations dig up. We know that George Santos never had $700,000. He had to get that from somebody. And who he got it from and how he got it will have a big impact on his future. Now, the Republicans may not kick him out. The Democrats may not push to kick him out. But the DOJ or New York State uh, Attorney General may have something to say to this kid may get indicted and dragged kicking and screaming from the House of Representatives. But like I say, the Democrats are fine if he sticks around because they just think, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> Let them make fools of the Republicans for the next two years. It just, it just seems really funny to me. These people that are the reason I bring this up is because I remember I told you this argument I had with my my brother-in-law on Christmas a couple of years ago. And at that time, I was only on Facebook. I was doing similar things with talking about Trump. <laughs> and, the, and this brother-in-law of mine, when he was so frustrated because I wouldn't engage in the fight, I was just kind of smirking at him. He said, you said this. And I'd say, yep, I said that. I stand by that. And the fact that I wouldn't raise my voice and argue with him drove him nuts. And I knew this because I've had experience with people like him before. So I controlled myself and I trained myself to stay calm. But one of the last things he said <laughs> before I left the building, my wife and I, he says, yeah, you just go talk on Facebook with all your transgendered friends. I go, what? What? Did you just say that? Are you fucking kidding me? I said, first of all, how do you know if I have transgendered friends? And even if I do have transgendered friends, what does it have to do with fucking politics, for Christ's sake? So when I hear George Santos 
is now in the Republican Party in a seat in the House of Representatives. I would love to go back to my brother-in-law. Of course, we're not talking now, so I can't. (laughs) But I would love to go back to him and say, hey, dude, (laughs) how about your drag queen transgendered representative in the House of Representatives? Boy, you Republicans really know how to do this, don't you? It would be fun to do that. I think my wife would have better ideas. She usually does have better ideas. If I'm going to act impulsively, she'll look at me and she'll go, really? You're really going to do that? (laughs) Now, she doesn't always stop me. See, the funny thing is my, my wife agrees with most everything I say. We have the same political sense of what's going on, and we're all very tired of it. My wife being a teacher, she's all about fairness and justice and those sorts of things. And as much as she may not like the way I say things, she knows that I'm going for the same thing she believes in, truth and justice. (laughs) So, you know, I think think my wife would probably stop me from going (laughs) at my former brother-in-law. And that's really not my style. Frankly, if I'm walking down the street in a party, in a store or whatever, and a Trumplican walks up to me, if they just want to talk about sports, the weather, nothing about politics— I'll be perfectly cordial to them. But they can't do that. They've got to shove it in your face, especially when you're somebody like me, where most of them know that I talk a lot about this shit. It's like they got to prove something, you know. And then when they start saying stupid shit, then I can't help myself but try to correct them. And that's where I get into trouble. Why did you get into that? I go, I didn't. They said stupid shit. I was a nice guy and corrected them. Well, you shouldn't start anything. I didn't start this shit. They started it. It's not me you should be angry with or talking to. It's them. Tell them to keep their mouth shut and then I won't have to correct them. Anyhow, George Santos. Every day I get up now and I think, what's, what's going to happen today? I'm so excited. I can't wait to see how ridiculous this guy is. I mean, this this guy is a true piece of work, man. Everything he says is a lie. You go back 12 years ago, he says he starred in a movie and a couple of TV shows and did drag queen events. If he's 36 now, 12 years ago, he would have been 24, a kid. But he did write this. I I give the guy credit, man. He's bold. He tells lies knowing that he can get caught, knowing that he'll be called on it, but he still bulls ahead and lies. And again, he's a lot like Donald Trump in this regard. When he was in his little world with his little friends, he could get away with these kinds of lies because they wouldn't check into it, or even if they did, he could bullshit his way around it. But now we're dealing with the national or the worldwide press. We're dealing with the U.S. government. You can't really bullshit them. They can call you out and expose you in a minute's notice. But just like Donald Trump, he's still bold. He will deny everything, even though the proof is right in front of his face. As I look at it now... George Santos is quite a gift to the Democrats. I think they realize it. I think they're smirking and giggling about it behind uh, the Republicans' back. And I think the Republicans are shitting themselves because they don't know what to fucking do. All right, here's some news about Donald Trump and his social media presence. Now, we know that Elon Musk ended the suspension of Donald Trump on Twitter. But he hasn't been back on Twitter as of yet. And the reason he hasn't been back on Twitter is because he's got some kind of agreement with Truth Social where he can't go on Twitter. Why would you want him going on Twitter if we're trying to make Truth Social work? Well, the fact of the matter is Truth Social isn't working. It's dropping in ratings every day. It's like the 30th most popular app, which is not good for Donald since he's big on ratings. 
And then we've got this other thing. People are calling him out because he announced that he's running for president, but he doesn't seem to be campaigning. He's locked himself inside of Mar-a-Lago. Well, now, of course, he hears this and he says, oh, no, I got rallies coming. Just you wait. I love that term. Just you wait, because that means not jack shit is coming. But now there's talk that he's going to show up back on Twitter. I'm sure he's gone to Truth Social and says, look, you guys are dying on the vine. I've got to reinvigorate my profile in this country. So I'm going back on Twitter. I don't care what you say. Go ahead and sue me. Get in fucking line. Everybody else is suing me. So Donald Trump's campaign recently requested to be allowed back on Facebook, signaling that he will likely be returning to Twitter. After the January 6th insurrection, of course, Donald Trump was permanently banned from Twitter, which was a big deal because he had 80 million followers or something like that. Probably 70 million of them were bots, but he had a lot of followers, and that's all that mattered to him. He had been an earlier proponent of the social media site, and it was his preferred way to communicate with his followers. Now, after his banishment, Trump created True Social, but that site hasn't really done very well and is certainly not even close to Twitter. A source close to Trump told NBC News, Trump is probably coming back to Twitter. It's just a question of how and when. He's been talking about it for weeks, but Trump speaks for Trump, so it's anyone's guess what he'll do or say or when. You can almost bet he's coming back to Twitter. He's not happy about people talking that he's uh, hiding in Mar-a-Lago. Now that somebody's made that comment, he's going to have to come out and do the opposite because that's what Donald Trump does. He's going to try to put on some rallies, but he's got a problem. Those rallies are very expensive, and he's left a lot of cities holding the bag. They're going to have him back. And even if he does have rallies in some cornfield some fucking place, there aren't as many people coming. And that's bad news for Donald Trump because, again, he's all about ratings. If he starts having rallies where nobody comes, that's going to be embarrassing for him. So he does not want to do that. Now, some Republicans also believe that the GOP control of the House will help him get back on Facebook. If Facebook wants to have this fight, fine, but the House is leverage and keeping Trump off Facebook just looks political. But see, why does that matter? Facebook isn't a government entity. They can do whatever they fucking want. They're, They're a business. See, this is where I have trouble with the Republicans. They don't really have a sense what the First Amendment is even about. The First Amendment protects our free speech against our government. It says nothing about social media. It says nothing about private companies. Private companies can do what the fuck they want. But somehow the Republicans see it differently or are trying to angle a way to make it look differently. But it won't work. Nothing ever works for the Republicans because they're just fucking stupid. They do what you're not supposed to do. Everything's about emotion. Everything's about bullying. Everything's about fear. And frankly, that's not working well these days. Of course, Democrats will be opposed to Trump getting back on prominent social media sites. But again, what can they do? They can't really do anything about it other than say, I don't like this a bit. There was a reason that he was banned from them in the first place, Adam Schiff wrote in a letter to Meta, which is Facebook. Trump has continued to post harmful election content on True Social that would likely violate Facebook's policies. Oh, yeah, you know he's going to violate the policies. Ain't no question about it. Adam Schiff goes on to say, and we have every reason to believe he would bring similar conspiratorial rhetoric back to Facebook if given the chance. Well, hell yes, he's going to. And to be perfectly honest with you, if he gets back on Twitter, if he gets back on Facebook, that's not going to do very well for him. It's not going to hurt the Democrats. It's probably going to help the Democrats. 
Now, there was a story, and this is a funny story. I think it's funny. You know, the Republicans probably don't think it's funny. The, the House Judiciary Committee, the chairman of that committee is Jim Jordan. And he's been uh, talking about sending subpoenas to members of Congress and the Trump admin, or the Biden administration for their investigations. <laughs> but mainly they're going to subpoena the DOJ, which they really don't have the option to do. Because as I've said before, so you subpoena the DOJ, they don't respond. Then you go back to the House of Representatives and you find them in contempt of Congress. But what do you do with that finding? (laughs) You have to send it back to the DOJ, motherfucker. And what's the DOJ going to do with it? They're going to indict themselves? I think not, Jimmy. So the Justice Department yesterday signaled Friday it's unlikely to share information about ongoing criminal investigations with the new GOP-controlled House in a move that's certain to frustrate Republicans in the chamber. In fact, Jim Jordan, when he heard this, he said, well, what is the DOJ afraid of? Why won't they testify? I don't know, Jim. Why didn't you testify? Why didn't all your little Trump fucks testify. See, this is where the Republicans fuck up. They do things. They try to get away with things, and then they laugh while they're doing it. But what they don't think about is that when the shoe is on the other foot, the Democrats can do the same thing now that they've set the precedent. Now, in a letter to the House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan responding to a flurry of document requests, the DOJ said that any oversight requests must be weighed against the department's interest in protecting the integrity of its work. The letter added, the department's mission to independently and impartially uphold the rule of law requires us to maintain the integrity of our investigations, prosecutions, and civil actions, and to avoid even a perception that our efforts are influenced by anything but the law and the facts. See, Jimmy doesn't probably understand this. You know, even though Donald Trump used uh, William Barr as his personal attorney, there's supposed to be separation. There's not supposed to be any influence from the executive office over the DOJ or Congress over the DOJ. That's in a little document we know as the Constitution. But Jimmy Jordan doesn't understand that. So, So Jimmy Jordan and all his little flunkies on the Judiciary Board Committee are going to be fucking disappointed because the DOJ isn't going to do jack shit. And you know what? If they do want to pursue it, at the very least, it'll be put off for two years when they're fucking finally out of office. Turnabout is fair play. And the fact of the matter is, because of the way our government is set up, they have no right to see this material, especially some of the, especially since the fact that many of these people are are uh, subjects in these investigations, we know what they want to do. They want to go in and mess it up and create chaos to protect themselves. Well, Merrick Garland and the DOJ isn't that fucking stupid, and they know what they can and they can't do, and even if the Republicans try, they're going to fail, just like they fail with everything fucking else. Now, House Republicans have made clear they plan to examine the Justice Department's handling of politically sensitive probes, including its role into the ongoing special counsel investigations related the handling of classified material by President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not going to have any oversight over this shit, nor should you. Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee promptly responded to the letter tweeting Friday afternoon, why is the DOJ scared to cooperate with our investigations? See, this is how stupid they are. They just did the very same thing, and they have the audacity to send out these subpoenas. And now they're trying to taunt the DOJ. What are you afraid of? 
I don't know, Jim, what were you afraid of? What were any of these motherfuckers afraid of? They're so stupid. Like I've said, they don't think beyond the end of their nose. The letter is an early sign of hurdles Jordan is likely to face, particularly as he tries to investigate the Justice Department and FBI. House Republicans have been especially eager to dig into the Justice Department's ongoing probes. Well, of course they are, because they are targets, even authorizing a Judiciary Subcommittee tasked with investigating the purported weaponization of the federal government, including ongoing criminal investigations. But again, this comes out on the news as, it's a, as if it's a scary thing. It's not a scary thing. They can't do shit. Again, it's about the Constitution. They are not going to have oversight over the DOJ. No way, no high, no how, at any time, ever, ever. Now, last week, Jordan sent new letters to several Biden administration officials, including Attorney General Merrick Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, who, by the way, was appointed by Donald Trump, and Drug Enforcement Administration head Ann Milgram, reiterating his oversight requests and demands for documents relevant to the Judiciary Committee's investigations. They're going to get a note back that says, fuck yourself. The administration stonewalling must stop, Jordan wrote. <laughs> oh, now Jordan's against stonewalling. <laughs> you keep trying, Jordan. Jordan wrote underscoring his plans to aggressively press top Biden officials even as the committee's probes remain in their infancy. Yeah, you go ahead and do that, Jim. It'll all be for naught. And let's just hope you can get it done before you get indicted your fucking self, you stupid motherfucker. House Judiciary Republicans are committed to holding each agency accountable under the new majority and will use compulsory process, if necessary, to get answers for the American people. Now, you have to understand what's going on here. They know they aren't going to be able to do shit. They know they aren't going to be able to get oversight. They aren't going to be able to do jack shit. They're just spewing this stuff to rev up the base, to try to control the narrative. But even that won't work because everybody's too busy worried about the drag queen, George Santos. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, man. The Republicans are a fucking clown show. And every day, they're proving it. And every day they prove they're a clown show, they become weaker for 2024. This is not going to go well for the Republicans. And when you hear the media and you hear these things come out of the House, oh, we're doing this investigation, we're going to impeach Biden, we're going to do this, none of that is going to happen. It's just yapping so they can whip up their base. And let's be honest, their fucking base is starting to dwindle. So eventually it all fade away and they will look like fools in the end. Well, they look like fools now, but they'll be completely foolish when it's all said and done. All right, let's wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, a great Saturday, and we'll be back tomorrow. And hopefully we'll have a good Sunday too. So have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.